Good morning, Prince Lions Church. Um, today is actually Father's Day. So those of you that are fathers, happy Father's Day. I hope you get a chance to relax and enjoy the day if you can. Um, one of my favorite movies uh, that I've watched is called The Pursuit of Happiness. And it's the story of a father and son. Uh, the father's a salesman um, and his wife leaves him and now he's left with his son and he struggles to discover uh, happiness in his life. Um, they end up on the street as homeless people and then he slowly works his way out. But the question that's underlying all of it is, what makes me happy? Now, if you'll notice, I'm actually standing here um, in, this, in a cemetery because I want us to ask that question. Our innate desire is to find meaning and purpose and happiness in life. And as I look around, and I, I can't but help think that some of the people here did find that. They found meaning and they found purpose, but my guess is that many of them didn't because life goes by so quickly. I mean, think about it for a moment. The pandemic, right? This thing that we're in right now, um, it started back in the middle of March. Did you, by the way, it's been three months that we've been in this. And as I think about it, I think back to the time in March, uh, I would never have guessed that we would still be in where we're at today. Um, life goes by so fast. Now, and parents, those of you and, and students that are trying to do schooling, um, you're probably excited that everything's over and you can kind of move on. Um, but it's gone by so quickly. And we've been looking at the Bible, right? We've been reading through the Bible um, continually day by day. And if you haven't done that, please go to our website um, and and uh, get the reading plan and just follow with us. You can start today, uh, jump right in. But this past week, we looked at the book of Ecclesiastes. And I actually want to talk to you about that today. What makes me happy? What gives me meaning and fulfillment in my life? So let me kind of uh, talk to you a little bit about the book in the beginning. Um, the book of Ecclesiastes is actually really difficult to translate. A lot of the commentators struggle because they have differing opinions about what it means and what is said. There's a lot of Hebrew words that are in there that have double meanings. Um, and so it's really difficult not only for commentators today to do, but also uh, the Hebrew scholars, they had difficulty kind of understanding what was being presented. But ultimately, there's an underlying theme that comes through loud and clear throughout this whole book. But some of the commentators would even say this. They, they, they would say, um, Ecclesiastes um, may be the most difficult book to interpret and to preach from. Another commentator said, uh, no book of the Bible is so uh, maligned and yet misunderstood as the book of Ecclesiastes. In fact, the American novelist Herman Melville uh, called Ecclesiastes the truest of all books. And the reason being is that Ecclesiastes gives us the meaning for life. The author um, is, is probably Solomon, but yet there's some inconsistencies there. But it's definitely portraying Solomon's life, right? It kind of follows Solomon. And it's interesting because when Solomon was young, he talked about, he, he wrote the book um, Song, Songs of uh, Solomon, right? He, Songs of Songs. Um, he wrote that book that Jen talked about, uh, Pastor Jen talked about last week. And then, and then he writes the book of Proverbs, 
right? A little bit more mature. And then he comes to this book of Ecclesiastes, uh, which is the end of King Solomon's life. And so he addresses the questions that might be on our hearts today. What is the meaning of life? Um, why am I so unhappy? Does God really care? Um, why is there so much suffering in the world? Why is there so much injustice in the world? Um, is it really worth living? Is life uh, really worth it? It's asking all these questions to, to try and discover at the core, what makes me happy? What gives me fulfillment? What gives me meaning? And right off the bat, right off the bat, he starts with verse, uh, verse 2. And he says this. He says, vanity of vanity, says the preacher. And, and he refers to himself as the preacher. He says, vanity of vanity, says the preacher. Vanity of vanities, all is vanity. And, and so I had to do a little bit of research on this. But the, the Hebrew word for vanity is habel. And when it's translated, it means vain or vanity. But uh, uh, more concretely, it's like a mist, a vapor, or, or uh, a mere breath. And so we can see how the author is saying that life is just a mere breath away. And, and it seems like everything is going to be blown away in the wind. Everything disappears. And he goes through a bunch of different things. He talks about work. He talks about generations. He talks about the sun, the winds, the streams. Kind of works all the way down in this poetic form in the first chapter till he gets to verse 11. And he says this. He says, There is no remembrance of former things, nor will there be any remembrance of later things. And basically he's saying there's no meaning in life. There's no purpose. Like, like we're just kind of going through the motions. Um, and it seems that that's what he's trying to convey. And, and his desire is to paint a picture of what a life would look like without God. That's his innate desire in, in this, is, is how, how unhappy would it be if I had a life without God? And, and it's used as a shock, right? This book is put in scripture to, to kind of give us a wake-up call. To ask the question, where is your happiness found in? Where is your meaning? Where is your joy? If my life is just a blip on the, the spectrum of, of creation and eternity, what gives me purpose and meaning? And so Solomon is asking this question, right? He's asking this question, how can I find happiness? And he goes through a number of different things. But as he goes through these, it's interesting because um, I'm amazed at how, uh, how many accomplishments and things that Solomon actually did. Um, it was incredible to see everything that he did. But we begin uh, today just talking about um, some of the things that he brings attention to. And a, a lot of these things our struggles that we face today. The book was written some two, you know, thousands of years ago. But if we correlate and we look at some of the things that Solomon goes through, we see how it uh, impacts us today. At the end of the first chapter, he says this. In verse 14, he says, I have seen everything there is uh, done under the sun. He's done everything. He's experienced everything. He's, he's accomplished everything that he could. And he says, uh, he says, and behold, all is vanity. All is like a mist. 
It's like a fleeting moment and a striving after the wind. That's his quote. That's what he says. He says everything is meaningless throughout this. So, so let me kind of walk through some of these things that he says. I, I don't want us to take a look at all the different passages in, in Ecclesiastes. You can look at that on your own. But a couple things just jump out. And the first thing we, we know about King Solomon is that he was a wise king. Right? He asked for wisdom when he was young, and God blessed him with wisdom and knowledge. And, and he says this in verse 18. He says, uh, uh, chapter 1, uh, verse 18, he says, he, he was considered to be, Solomon was considered to be the wisest uh, man in the world. Um, it, people would go and ask for advice. He had 250 scholars and teachers that would check in on him. And, and he says, all of that is meaningless. It's vanity. It's like mist in the wind. It's interesting because I can kind of imagine what Solomon was thinking when when he writes this. That the more you know, the more you don't know. Right? The more you know about things, the more you realize that you don't know enough. Not only that, but uh, sometimes, you know, information changes so quickly. I was talking to a friend of mine uh, this past week, and he was talking to me about social media and, and how it's going uh, it's, to, it's moving so fast that it's so hard for people to catch up to what's happening. Um, education alone, knowledge alone, wisdom alone cannot bring peace. And Solomon says that. He says, he who increases knowledge increases sorrow. Another thing that Solomon does is pleasure, right? It's found in chapter 2. Um, uh, unlimited uh, uh, parties, unlimited wine. He has all these things, exotic foods. Um, and he says, everything is meaningless. He says, I've tried to find meaning and pleasure. Um, but, uh, but when I try and find that, it just all disappears. It all goes to the wind. My, I love roller coasters, but... My first time on a roller coaster was really bad. Um, but when I got off the roller coaster, um, I was energized. I was excited. I was like, hey, this is a really, this is really fun. I'm excited about doing this. But as I continued to ride roller coasters over and over and over again, probably after the 30th time of riding roller coasters, um, that excitement, that um, uh, uh, desire, that pleasure wasn't there anymore and so you have to look for the next biggest and best thing that's why they create brand new roller coasters that are bigger that are taller that go faster that drop more you know they're always looking for that next best thing and 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 Solomon realizes he says I, I I've done all of this stuff but the end result is I'm always looking for something more to fill that emptiness in my life he also talks about possessions and accomplishments, right? Um, in, in the middle of chapter 2, he talks about all the things that he's done. He was a master builder. He built the, the temple. He built his phallus, uh, palace. He fortified the cities, uh, the gardens, the vineyards. Um, and, and he says, you know, if I just had a bigger house, right? And I think sometimes we get caught in that too. If I just had a bigger house, I'd be more, more fulfilled. I'd be happier. If I had a beach house, 
um, I would have a place to relax and enjoy. Um, if I had the next iPhone, right, the newest updated version or the biggest iPhone or, or the most memory, then I would be happy and possessions and things. And, and Solomon is saying, all of that stuff I had and it still didn't make me happy. He talks about work in this as well. He talks about wealth. Solomon, it says in scripture that he was the richest man in the world. He had everything. And yet he keeps saying it's all meaningless. He also talks about intimacy. And Pastor Jen last week talked about intimacy, right? About love and intimacy and vulnerability that, that Jesus gives us that love. Um, it gives us that opportunity so when trials come our way, we can cling to him and our first response is to know that he is there. But think of Solomon. Right? He's, he's most known for the 900 wives and concubines that he had, right? That he's the most known for all the, all the women that were in his life. Now, if he was the wisest person, you would realize um, that he wasn't that wise, right? Because uh, think about his bathroom, right? If he had 900 uh, wives and concubines, his bathroom must have been a mess. Um, but, but uh, you know, he was looking to fill that void in his life with intimacy. There's a couple, some of you probably know um, Arlene and Tom, uh, they, uh, they just got married this past, uh, this past weekend. And uh, um, it's interesting because I've known both of them for, for a little bit of time and, and neither one of them were searching for love, were searching for intimacy, um, were looking for that to fulfill. They had found their place um, in their life uh, with Christ. And Christ was at the center of their lives but yet they found each other. And here they are, um, uh, more, uh, I'll use the phrase, more mature couple. Now they're married. And it's not about um, filling that emptiness, but it's about allowing God to satisfy that emptiness that we have. And then we have a chance to respond and to be with the people that are around us. Um, and, and so I have to ask us the question, what makes you and I happy? What fulfills us? You know, Solomon pursued this idea of trying to discover it vigorously. Um, he, he did this more than anybody else did. And, and, and you're probably saying, well, Pastor Nathan, you're really super encouraging today. Um, and, uh, you know, I really appreciate this, but, uh, you know, you're really confusing me. Well, that's what the book of Ecclesiastes is all about. He paints this picture of all of these meaningless uh, things in life that he tries to fulfill and tries to satisfy um, his life. And he comes to the conclusion that it's all meaningless. But he doesn't stop there. What the author is trying to say to you and I today, and I believe what God is trying to say to you and I today, is we have to recalibrate sometimes our lives. We have to recalibrate and understand where true happiness comes from and where true meaning comes from. Because the author never gives up his belief in God. The author's ultimate purpose is to show us how a meaningful life 
can be when we see things from God's perspective. His message isn't that life has no meaning, but rather that life has meaning only when we live it with the relationship with Jesus and with God. Chapter 2, it says this. It says, There is nothing better for a person than that he should eat, drink, and find enjoyment in his toil. Right? And we translate that by, by, by saying, eat, drink, and be merry. Right? And we, and we forget the second half of the verse. Um, it says, This also I saw from the hand of God, for apart from God, who can eat and who can have enjoyment? And he repeats this, this phrase throughout the whole book. Um, chapter after chapter after chapter, he's saying, God is the one who gives you and I life and meaning and purpose. It's in his hands that we rest. In chapter 5, he says, Behold, what have I seen to be good and fitting is to eat and drink and find enjoyment in all toil uh, with which one toils under the sun, the few days of his life that God has given him. For this is his lot. Everyone also to whom God has given wealth and possessions and power to enjoy them and to accept his lot, rejoice in his toil. This is the gift of God. Here's the thing. In our culture today, we cannot have God without embracing the world. And we cannot, in the end, have the world without embracing God. The last verse in, in, this, uh, in this book, uh, one of the last verses in this book says this, and it gives us the answer. In verse 13, it says, the end of the matter. In other words, um, uh, after everything has been summarized, after all these different things that I've tried and tried and tried to find fulfillment, to try and find happiness, to fill that emptiness, to fill that gap, after all of it is done, after all has been heard, fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of mankind. To fear God, to respect, to understand that he is the creator, that he is the Lord of our lives, to fear who he is and to respect the commandments, uh, to give respect to all of his commandments. For, and then he kind of summarizes this at the end. It says, for God will bring every deed into judgment with every secret thing, whether good or evil there will come a time when we're held accountable. And so Solomon, at the end of his life, had everything. He was the wisest man in the world. He was the richest man in the world. Um, he had anything and everything you could ever want. But he realized that the, at the end of his life, the only thing that could bring him true happiness was his creator, was God. Imagine what he could have done if he had learned that early on. Imagine how much more impact he could have had if he had learned that early on. Here's the thing. If you're not happy today, no one and no thing will bring you happiness tomorrow. More than any other book, Ecclesiastes captures the futility and the frustration of living in a fallen world. And this was thousands of years ago. It's drudgery work. It's hard. 
It's hard to press through this, the injustice that's around us, uh, the, the, the dissatisfaction trying to fill that pleasure on our own. And we have to think, you know, at times we think of Ecclesiastes as that book that was written on Monday morning when we have to go back to work. But reading it helps us to understand and helps us to be honest about God and with God, about the problems in our lives. Even those of us who trust in the goodness of God, it allows us to be honest and truthful to Him. Now, I don't have all this figured out, but I know that my meaning and purpose and significance begins and ends with Jesus Christ. Not things, not people, not accomplishments, not pleasures, not wealth, not popularity. All of that in itself is not bad. But if it's what makes you happy, life will come and go and you won't know what happened. It won't bring you joy. It won't bring you peace. We have this verse on the wall of our sanctuary, John 10.10. It says, Jesus says, I have come that you might have life, have meaning, have purpose, have, uh, I have come uh, that you will have it more abundantly. I want to give you life to the fullest. The world around us and the things that are around us can never satisfy that need. Only God, only our Creator can give uh, uh, and satisfy that meaning in yours and my life. And he gives us that with the unblemished sacrifice of his son, Jesus Christ. And through Jesus Christ, we can find meaning. We can find hope. We can find true happiness, true joy that will sustain us through every day. Now, for some of you um, today, you might be realizing that you can relate to Solomon. You've tried one thing after the next, after the next, after the next to try and find happiness. Um, and you might be saying, I can totally relate. And, you, and you're tired and you're weary and you're struggling. And you may be asking the question, well, I, I want to find true happiness. I want to give you that opportunity today. At the end, uh, after I pray, um, we'll have a Zoom call that's going to come up. And, and I want to encourage you to reach out to one of the pastors that's there and just to pray with them. But most of us, I guess, uh, fall into kind of another category where we have Jesus um, at, at the center of our lives, but life gets in the way. And desires get in the way. And um, actions get in the way, and it just pulls us away from God. And maybe for the majority of us, we need to recalibrate where we're at and continue to come back to Scripture and to our Heavenly Father and ask to be fulfilled and have happiness in Him first. If you would like prayer as well, um, I want to encourage you uh, to come. On at the end and we'll pray with you and this you can come on if you want if you've never used zoom before um, just go to uh, zoom.com and uh, uh, join a meeting at the top and then here's the idea it's going to come up on the screen and it's going to stay on the screen uh, until I finish praying but it, the ID number is 962-627-285 and the password is going to come up as well write it down while I'm praying okay because we want to pray with you 
If this is your first time in trying to understand and find and discover true happiness, we want to be there for you. And so you'll have a chance to pray with an individual. You can come on anonymously if you'd like. You can hide your screen uh, so nobody can see if you, if you want. Um, but this is your opportunity. For some of you, you may not want to do that. Well, I want to pray with you and for you today. Join with me as we pray. Heavenly Father, I come before you today. And God, I ask... that if there's anybody that's watching or will watch this in the future that is struggling to try and find true happiness, God, that we will come to you and we will give you control. We will release um, our struggles and we'll release our control and ask for you to fill us up, for you to give us meaning, for you to give us purpose, for you to fill um, our happiness. Father, there's there's struggles that we face every single day that pull us away from you. And so my prayer today, God, is that for each one of us, that we will continue to rest in you, to know that you are God and that we are to follow you. You are the creator and you have the best interest in mind for us. You want us to live fulfilled. You want us to have meaning. You want us to live life to the fullest but it comes only when we come before you. Father, I ask that you be with all the fathers as well today, that you'll watch over them and encourage them uh, today. Give them a chance to, to, to remember, to spend time, to interact uh, with the family that you have blessed them with. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Before you go, um, if you would like to pray about what's happening in the country today, um, you can go to the Zoom call as well, um, and they will have an opportunity to break you out into a different room, and you can pray for uh, the injustice and the things that are going on uh, today. But um, have a great day, and uh, remember your fathers today.